All right. Mercy, Lord. Well, I just really want to give voice just for a few minutes here to what the Lord's already done this morning. Okay? How many people need help? Help me, Jesus. You know. Well, I got good news. Jesus said there was another one coming after him to call the helper. Yeah, all right, the helper. And, uh, you know, honestly, I know I'm probably like a lot of you guys is in this time recently, I've been surrounded by a lot of frustration, like we were singing around. You know what I mean? Like, not necessarily just me, but people I love and just things happening. And, uh, Cindy, if you just put that cherry blossom song back up there, because I just felt like we did this in the first service. I just feel like this is our decree this morning. Okay, I'm not going to give in to mortal frustration, and I'm not going to give death any, any standing ovation. I will lift my soul, God, with no hesitation, because between you and me, God, there is no separation. (laughs) Now, let's do that together. You ready? Well, I'm not going to give in to this mortal frustration. And I'm not going to give death any standing ovation. I will lift my soul, God, with no hesitation. Because between you and me, there is no separation. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for that, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming. Just be our everything, our all, just our best friend. Lord, just be everything to us today, God. Thank you so much. And you know, it's just a time. Whenever things are hard, it's a time to give thanks. You know, just really, I mean, it sounds so cliche to say it, but count your blessings. You know, I mean, I'm getting ready to have my sixth baby. I mean, I'm not, but my wife is, you know. I'm going to father my sixth child in two weeks, the doctor said. Yeah. So, in fact, he said next Friday when she goes in for her weekly appointment that they're going to schedule to induce the next week. So, week after next, we're going to have a baby. Or sooner. You know, it could come earlier. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, little Lydia, she's on her way. I'm so blessed by that, you know. Thank you guys for giving to us and praying for us. It's just been a really, just a tremendous time. Challenging, but tremendous. <laughs> and as a church, you know, um, in a sense, I have a sense that, to use the analogy, we're kind of giving birth to things. You know, one of the things that is, is God is uh, incubating in us, I guess, is this thing for the nations. Okay, like as we speak, we have Megan in Tanzania, you know, Africa, ministering to God. Yeah, Jake's sister. And we have Lizzie in, South, in the South Pacific, getting ready to be launched into some other nation of the world um, via what she's doing. And, and uh, praise God, down in, in uh, San Antonio de los Cobras, the water filtration system is on its way. <laughs> praise God. Thank you. All the glory to you, Lord. Thank you for that. And one man got a vision for a, for a whole town who was dying of arsenic poisoning. If you haven't been around, here's what's been going on. Jim Hill, one of the, our members here, is down in South America now. And uh, he got this vision over seven years ago. And had to figure out as a non-scientist who to talk to and save a whole town 
from early premature deaths. And the water filtration system got to Argentina, got held up in customs, and just, what, two days ago, it got the official release to be shipped. So, Lord, we ask you to protect that system. We ask you, Father, to just surround it with angels, keep it safe as it's going in those trucks, and we thank you that, um, that you'll receive all the glory as, an entire, as generations, generations of children and their children and their children's children are saved, Lord, from premature death. We pray that kingdom, um, that kingdom reality would just be their portion. In Jesus' name. So, you know, not only that, but, I mean, this is so humbling. In a couple of months, all the way from the secret church in China, God's sending three young women in their 20s to River Life for three months for us to just give away whatever we've got spiritually so that they can go back to the greatest revival in the history of planet Earth in the nation of China, the world's most populous nation, where the gospel is spreading like wildfire. The problem is there's just not enough people. There's too many people for them to train everybody. You know, and you can't do it. They can't gather here. You know, you've seen the pictures from last year when they went. Mattresses over the doors in the apartments and Sarah Ruth and Amy wearing disguises, you know, to go into these secret meetings. And they're coming here to learn from us. So sometime in April, we, we're getting together, the, our staff, we're getting together a three-month intensive school. And uh, it's going to cover things from the heavenly realms to healing and prophecy to, uh, to just even theology and stuff. So we're excited about, please be praying for that. And also, if the Lord speaks to you about hosting, um, you know, one of these girls potentially, you know, come talk to me about that too because there's a need there. So I just am excited to see how God brings River Life together to just really love these girls, bless them parent them spiritually, you know, and I believe it will probably be a long spiritual and relational connection between us and the the underground church in China. I mean, does it get any better than that, you know? So, um, what I believe God is up to in, well, he's been up to here for a long time, but he wants to continue to do here is to empower you, okay, empower you through the Holy Spirit. And uh, how many people have grown up in a, as a Christian in a church where you're like, you hardly even knew what the Holy Spirit, like you, you didn't really know about the Holy Spirit? Will you raise your hand? Okay, look, that's probably about 30, 40% of people in this church. Now, a lot of you who raise your hands have been around here for a while. You've learned about the Holy Spirit, but here's the thing. Um, I had this precious couple come up to me at our seminar, our prophetic seminar we had a couple of weeks ago. After a session, and the wife was asking, you know, the Bible says that no one can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, I don't understand, you know, because someone, Steve was talking about a baptism in the Holy Spirit and some of the gifts and stuff. She goes, what's the difference between you needing the Holy Spirit to get saved and this baptism in the Holy Spirit? Has anybody ever been asked that question? Have you ever wondered that yourself? Like, how, how would I explain that, you know? Um, so one of the things I want to do just briefly, and I do have to do it briefly, don't I? All right. <laughs> I want to summarize for you. Is just that thing. It just, here's what I'm going to do. I just want to throw out here two functions, biblically, that, you know, if you've been reading the Bible, you know this, but 
um, mysteriously, I've discovered a lot of long-term born-again Christians out there don't have this in your tool belt. And I feel like that the Lord wants to do something about that. Okay, here's the second thing. is Last week, Byron, the Lord gave us this word through Byron about spiritual gifts. How many people remember that? And we had this awesome time to come up here and just ask the Lord for what gifts you want. And I was so excited about that, number one, because it was happening. But number two, because I had been itching to preach on a series on spiritual gifts for a long time. And I got the green light from the Lord when Byron stood up and started doing that. So what I want to do over the next few months as I have opportunity is go through. There's actually 22 spiritual gifts in the New Testament. I don't think that's completely exhaustive, but we'll talk about that later. I want to go through those, though, and I want to look biblically at where they're at, what they looked like in operation, and then, you know, I'll probably do four or five of them each time, and then have an opportunity to say, okay, who wants, for example, gift of mercy or something, you know, come on up here, we're just kind of like what we did last week, but with a more specific nature, and ask God to download those gifts on our hard drive, however you want to say it, you know, give us these things, because how many people believe, and this is preaching to the choir, believe we need the gifts today, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, besides any of the scriptures or the doctrines, I just, it's so almost funny to me to think, that we don't need those today, that for some reason, you know, you know we, we're fine without those. Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I think we're in dire need in our world today for all that God has for us. Amen? And, uh, for example, let me just whet your appetite. You know, the gift of tongues. Probably a lot of people in here know quite a bit about the gift of tongues. Hopefully, a lot of you have received it. But did you know, and Bob Jones mentioned this when he was here a few weeks ago. I don't know if you caught it. But he said, we've come to a time where it's time to ask God which lang- for a language that you want. Did you hear that? In other words, you want to speak Portuguese? How about Swahili? How about... Well, what are you talking about, Matthew? Well, I believe in 1 Corinthians 12, that list there, the gift of tongues is plural. Not only that, but besides the spiritual language that God's given us, as Paul said, I pray in in the Spirit and I sing in the Spirit. My mind is unfruitful, but my spirit is praying through me. So that's the sha-da-da-da-da, you know, that thing that you don't understand what you're saying and people around you are unfamiliar with think you're out of your mind. That's that thing. But then also on the day of Pentecost, they spoke in a tongue and people from other language groups, from other um, nations came and heard the gospel preached in their own language. Do you believe that could happen today? Well, a hundred years ago at Azusa Street, in that great revival that I've spoken of before, in that atmosphere of God's Spirit, people be, literally began to speak like, just let me just pick a language, began to speak in Japanese... Not one time, but they got bold. Can you imagine this? God comes on you in a service like this, for example. You start speaking in Japanese. Somehow you know that it's Japanese or someone tells you. And you're so bold that you decide, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to Japan to preach the gospel because now I speak Japanese. Who's got that kind of... That's literally what happened. I believe hundreds of people went on as missionaries all around the world to preach the gospel all around the world with a language that they supernaturally receive from heaven. (laughs) 
Sometimes I think that we've limited even God in even how we define spiritual gifts. I mean, because I have. I never even thought of such a thing, really. I mean, I've been around the Spirit-filled church long enough from a little toddler that I've heard of instances of people, you know, speaking, like this happened to Marlon here, of speaking in a tongue. They didn't know what they were praying, and someone else came up and said, I speak this language, and this is what you were talking about, you know. I've seen that happen. But to actually get it to such an extent that I could go to, like, Japan and preach the gospel at will in that language, I mean, come on, how big is your God? So I've kind of gotten into the series. I didn't mean to. Dean got some Hebrew one day. Through that, isn't that right, Dean? Um, John 16. Let's go there real quickly. Gosh, I'm just not a good quick preacher. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I think um, everybody needs to take a refresher through John 14, 15, and 16. It's such a powerful passage of scripture you know for who we are as believers and not only that but like for example John 14 1 it's not up there but it says let not your heart be troubled you believe God believe also in me <laughs> you know what could be a more relevant verse for today in a time of trouble than reading those words but where Jesus goes through is talking about how he's the true vine and then in verse 16 7 he's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Can you imagine walking with the man Jesus? And he goes, it's, Trust me, it's going to be for your benefit, Brian, that I go. No, no, please, you, you can't be right. He goes, No, here's the deal. If I don't go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Tap your neighbor and say, you need help. Yeah, we all need help. That's why the Father sent this personality of the Trinity that's more than just the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, Creator, you know, that whole thing. You know, it's just a rote, real thing. It's like, listen, if Jesus said... I'm leaving, I'm, I'm going to be buried, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. But there's another personality of me, of sorts, that's coming. Don't you think it's important for us to get to know him a little bit? You know? Not only that, but in terms of spiritual gifts, there is no spiritual gifts apart from the Spirit of God. You know, in those passages Byron read last week, it was like, in a tongue of the Spirit, but of the Spirit of God, you will prophesy. And those, you know, that's the whole thing, is if I try to prophesy over you through my own capacity, it ain't going to be good. You know, you know what I'm saying? You don't want that prophecy, probably. I mean, I could think up some really nice things to say to you, Charlie, and that would be nice. That would be, maybe be kindness or something. But it's even better when the Spirit of God can actually flow through me and I can just be a voice piece, an instrument, right? Or showing mercy, administration. You know, there's some real spiritual things that people do that aren't always on the stage, don't always get the, the glory, so to speak, of maybe the prophet or the preacher or something. Anyway, over in verse uh, John 16... And verse 12, go down to 12. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Man, that's one of the most disappointing scriptures in the Bible. Well, if you got more to say, Jesus, tell me what they are. He doesn't. He just leaves us hanging. But here's the catch. So if that really bothers you like it does me, the next passage is good because he said, However, when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he'll tell you things to come, and he'll glorify me, and he goes on and on. So if you want to know what are those things that Jesus held off on us on, well, there's good news. The Spirit's come to tell you. Now, let me pause here and encourage you. This is something you should get to know. <laughs> okay? It's really a time where you need to get just feast in the Word. I heard Bill Johnson say recently that in the natural realm, you get the less you eat, the more hungry you are, right? But in the spiritual realm, the more you eat, the more hungry you are. Feast in God's Word. Feast in the Word, the written Word of God, because now is a time, in a day of trouble for the earth, it's a time when we need to hear the Word of the Lord. And the Word of the Lord is become, going to become so much more clear in its various forms, okay? Because, for example, I had a word from the Lord in a dream last night, okay? You can get a word from the Lord from a friend, or a word from the Lord that's still small voice, or a sign that got, you know, there's many ways to hear from God, but they're always going to be rooted and grounded in the Word, the written Word of God, the Bible, and you're not going to be able to interpret the dreams or interpret the prophetic words from your friends if you don't know what the written word says. I should say you're not going to be able to interpret them as easily or as well. See, this is the guidebook. This is the thing that brings it all together. I realized when my life lacked life in the word that I had a much more difficult time um, interpreting all the things that God was trying to tell me. Because I didn't, I wasn't rooted and grounded in His Word. So, that's just a little side note that I just really want to encourage us. This is very, very important. We can't diminish the importance of the written Word of God. Now, let me just say this. And uh, really, we've had ministry time. The Holy Spirit, I was going to say, then we'll move into ministry time. <laughs> um, okay, let me, the couple came to me and asked me that question about the difference. Okay, and by the way, that's in 1 Corinthians 12, 3. It says, no one can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Spirit, basically. And I said, well, here's the thing, is in uh, the very beginning of the Gospels, this is in Matthew three eleven. if you want to write this down. In Matthew three eleven, John said, John the Baptist said, I'm baptizing in water to repentance. There's one that's coming after me who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, and um, and then his disciples, his followers went through this whole process, this three years of ministry with him in which he empowered them to go out and do the stuff that he was doing, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead and so on and so forth. But even after that, there was still something else that was needed. Okay, so in other words, if you will, in, in modern day settings, they were Christians. Okay, obviously the 12 especially were believers in the Messiah, right? So they were saved. Well, and he told Peter, you wouldn't know this if my father hadn't shown it to you. 
through the Holy Spirit. So in that sense, the only way they could have been believers in Jesus being the Messiah is through the Spirit of God. But still there was something else. Because at the very end of his ministry, Jesus says to them, you need to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come upon you and the reason for this is for, this is at the, la, the very end of John, or the very end of Luke, Luke twenty four forty nine. If you want to write that passage down for sake of time, I'm not going to go there. The reason that you need to wait for this is in, so that you will be endued with power from on high. Everybody say, endued with power. Endued with power from on high. So in Acts chapter 1... Which, by the way, many people don't know this. I'm just trying to help you out with some navigation of the Bible basics here. Acts is a part two of the Gospel of Luke. Okay, if you didn't know that, I'd encourage you. It's really interesting, I think. Read Luke's Gospel, and then when you get to the end, skip John and go to Acts. It's part two. And that's what he says to Theophilus, whoever that is, a ruler of some sort. The former account I made, and he's talking about his Gospel of Luke. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God or the spiritual realm. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So Jesus is repeating John the Baptist's words from Matthew 3.11. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of, to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay, so in a much quicker form, I kind of pointed to some of these verses without actually turning there in my Bible to this couple. And then I said to them, now there's two in Scripture, there's two applications or functions is a better word, two functions of the Holy Spirit. Okay, picture it as a double-edged sword, right? Paul teaches us that the Spirit is a sword, like a double-edged sword. Remember that? So one edge of the sword is the internal function of the Holy Spirit, and that's found in Galatians 5.22, that if you've been around Christianity for a while, you know as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Right? That's important. Does everybody agree we need character? You know, we need love in our life. Paul said without that we're a, gang, you know, a gonging symbol or whatever. We need joy. We need peace. Who needs kindness? How about another dose of patience? You know, I mean, gentleness, self-control. Everybody believes this is what we need. In fact, we have been so big on this in the church that there was a whole movement called WWJD, right? What would Jesus do? In other words, will your life shine? Will your character shine as an example of Christ to your neighbors, to your co-workers and your family, right? Now, the only thing is, there's another edge to this double-edged sword, and that's found in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. 
So if you wanted to write that down, that's where the list of the 22 gifts of the Holy Spirit are found. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. And this is the other edge to the double-edged sword that I think also is equally applicable to WWJD. Well, what did Jesus do? He healed the sick, raised the dead, cleansed the leopard, set forth those in bondage, right? So, wait, am I doing that? Heal the sick. Let me see if I got heal the sick, right? What would Jesus do? You know, this is what God's called all the church to do and to be. And so I just described them to him. These are the two places you find them. Fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. It's a double-edged sword like is described in the, in the armor of God. And, and, uh, and so as far as you being a Christian your whole life and never having heard of that, that said, let me show you a passage that's going to help you out. And let's go here, Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Again, please hear me out. I know a lot of you know this. But can you, can you, I want to help equip you or remind you maybe for someone else that needs to know this. Because I believe that there is a power coming in even in our community on this generation. God's releasing the power. He's already released the power. I mean, since Pentecost. But he's got a fresh release of the power. And then we can co, we can, we have to respond to that. We can respond to that by saying, yes, God, I want it. I want to earnestly desire all the spiritual gifts, as Paul instructed us. Okay, real quickly, now Paul's in Ephesus here, and this is probably, according to what Byron said the other day, after Acts 2, there's about a year in between each chapter of the book of Acts. So this should give us a lot of encouragement that, you know, you read quickly through the book of Acts, and you're like, oh man, you know, we're nothing. We're We got low-level revelation here. Look what they're doing in like six days, you know. But actually, Acts chapter 19 is probably more like 16 years after Acts 1 and 2. Okay, so give yourself some grace. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Everybody say disciples. Okay, what would that indicate? That would indicate that they were believers, right? They were followers. They believed in Jesus. And he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, like many people in the church today, We've not so much as even heard there was a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Well, into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, so for someone unfamiliar with the laying on of hands, here's one of the many examples in the New Testament. When Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Just, mid, just two of the many things that could happen when the Holy Spirit comes on you, right, Marsha? I mean, I'm, I'm not personally, and we, you know, we could differ on this, I'm not personally one that believes that it, the sign is always tongues. Okay, I've personally received many baptisms and had many different manifestations and giftings of the Spirit. One of the most, uh, I think one of the most memorable ones for me was boldness. 
You remember those times where it said the Holy Spirit came on like Peter and he preached with boldness? How many people have just like gone out and just done stuff that later you're like, I can't believe I just did that. You know what I'm saying? When I was a young Christian, 19, got saved freshman year in college, so what we would do for fun on a Friday night is get at some, go to somebody's apartment and get all baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then we'd go out looking for trouble, looking for good trouble out there with our classmates. So we would go to like dance clubs in Greensboro and like bars. I'm serious. <laughs> I was stirring Isaac up. And, and like, and frat parties. And how many people you know, it's always easy to find down and outers at a bar. Like somebody lamenting over their beer, you know what I'm saying? So we would literally look for those people and take that as an invitation to go minister the love of God to them. And we always had the best time doing it. We always found someone, without fail, to minister the love of God to. But I remember one time I went to this frat party, and I actually kind of sort of knew this guy. And something came on me. I said, bless God, I just went up to this guy, and I just began to preach something to him. And uh, he kind of looked at me like, what in the world? And it was one of those moments where I knew it was God, but I thought, in my natural self, I would have never done that, you know? (laughs) And, uh, you know, so boldness can come on you. Look for those manifestations of God's Spirit. And the ones that you need to carry out a certain task in the kingdom, God will graciously give them to you. But there's others, like Paul said, earnestly desire. There's others. What are the ones that you want? Go after them. You'll have to go after them. So that's what I want to encourage you to do in this series is, first of all, what do they look like generally? What do they look like? And secondly, how can I go after them? You know, like I've just found every book and DVD teaching and every healing school that I can think of to watch and devour it, in addition to the Gospels and the Bible, from people who have been there, done that. And, I mean, growth just begins to happen. In your life. I mean, we can sit here, and this is good. We will continue to ask for an impartation in a meeting. But I would submit to you that just as much, maybe even more, happens when you receive the impartation and you step out in faith to actually do something with it. Because I think, I'm just being honest. Is it okay to be honest? I'm guilty of this. I think that's where a lot of us has fallen short. Like, oh, praise God. I'm feeling the Spirit, brother. Okay, well then what are you doing with it? Like, go activate it, you know? God wants you to step out in evangelism or step out in prophecy or whatever it is that he's given you. Find a way to use it. That's what we're going to be looking for. And by the way, I wasn't going to preach my whole message, but here I am towards the end. Um, You know, there's always the crowd that would say, well, you know, I don't really know if I'm qualified to prophesy or like to do a miracle because, you know, there's these character issues in my life. So what they're saying is they don't know if they can use one edge of the sword because the other edge of the sword isn't as sharp as it could be. You see what I'm saying? Now, listen, we can all think of TV evangelists or something who have fallen and, you know, they were going after this ministry, but there was, there was some uh, uh, gap in their character. Okay, but I'm telling you, I don't think that's necessarily, what I'm talking about is not necessarily to blame for that. There are some other reasons I think that we could talk about. But here's what I've found. As the Spirit of God has stirred me up to go after something, some spiritual gift, love has grown in my heart. Joy has abounded in my heart. Peace 
has abounded in my heart. You know what I'm saying? In other words, as you pursue one side, as you pursue the, the gifts of the Spirit, the, the, the fruits of the Spirit just happen. They began to flourish in your life. Now, I think the opposite can be true also. Because as love grows in your heart, you cannot look at someone who's critically ill and not care enough to want to have the gifting to get them healed. You see what I'm saying? Like, it, bo- it goes both sides of the sword. They work hand in hand. But what I'm saying is, too much of the church has been with a sword with one sharp edge. And that's good, but it's not as good as it could be. It's not enough. Oh, wow. All right. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of that. Now, last, there's many, I believe, okay, and again, we don't have to part ways over this. You could disagree with me on this, but... First of all, be careful of getting trapped by someone in a debate over um, English words used in the Bible. I've had many people say, well, I I think it's a filling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's fine. Well, no, I think it's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's a baptism or a filling. However you want to translate those English words, that's fine. We can agree on that. Okay, but here's the thing also. I believe there's a precedence that we need many fillings or baptisms of the Holy Spirit continually. And you probably know this, but one preacher said, well, why is that? Because we leak. You know, until the perfect comes, we just leak this thing out of ourselves spiritually. So we need to be continually refilled like a, a glass that has a little leak in the bottom of it. Just continually refilling it, continually refilling it. So, I mean, like, if you're new here or you walked in, you're, like, wondering what in the world is going on with these people. Honestly, that's what's going on, is we believe in this. We believe the Bible's true, first of all. We believe that it's all for today. And we believe that we can continually just love on our Father. And the Holy Spirit comes and just pours Himself into us so that we can be effective Christians. You know what I mean by effective so that we can demonstrate all the character of Christ and, and demonstrate the works of Christ. Amen? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you receive, freely give. Notice, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself again. He didn't say, oh, angel, you got a gift of healing. Okay, angel, heal the sick. He said generally to everybody, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the raise the dead. It's, there's no gift of raising the dead. It could manifest more in others, than, I mean, some than others. I'll give you that. But God's empowered His church universal for these key things, these key activities. And last, in, Luke, in, in Acts 10, the Holy Spirit fell in Cornelius' house on the Gentiles. And there were Jews there, namely Peter is the one for sure listed, Peter was there, and the Holy Spirit baptized him. And Peter was also in the upper room with the 120 on the day of Pentecost. So you see the implication there. Peter got a double baptism. (laughs) In other words, what I believe is God wants to continue to baptize us. Because let me repeat this. Let's don't limit God in how he wants to explode the gifts of the Spirit in our lives, in our church. Okay, this is the master, this is the servant. Master, servant. This may not understand this. This may not have specific scripture and verse yet. 
receive it here. Let the Holy Ghost... This is Jonathan Edwards' theology, by the way, on revival, if you want to argue with me about this. You know, Jonathan Edwards, I mean, argue with him. Receive it here. Let the Spirit of God do what He will. And He'll sort out the flesh from the Spirit. But if you never let any of it happen, there's no possibility of any of the Spirit of God being released. Will there be flesh involved? Sure there will. It's unavoidable. We are flesh. Sometimes I'll say things that's not maybe quite what God's trying to say. Or, you know, I may do something that's a little bit more flesh than spirit manifestation. But you know what? That's okay because God's going to sort that out. And just take my word for it. I've seen more fruit and more life in a church where the Spirit of God is given freedom to move than in a church that says, can't be doing that. Uh, well, we got to point this in, uh, you know, three, three prophecies and then that's it. You know, you cannot convince me that that's what Paul, he, that he tried to put the church in a box. God's a, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. God is not in a box. In fact, He wants to bust those boxes. Bill Johnson says this, God will never contradict His Word, but He loves to contradict your understanding of His Word. I mean, I'm just saying, Ryan, I'm just saying. It's the truth. I hate, I, sometimes, I don't hate to say it, but it's true. I love to say it, actually. Because I found that to be so true. Just when I thought I had it figured, because see, if you knew me, you know I love to study theology. You know, get really into to it. But what I've done in that, because I was a good student in high school and college, is I carried over this to be the master. And I, and I carried over understanding this book just like it was a history book, because I loved history. That was my college major, right? And so I would study it and analyze it and put God in that box book, just like I had done with my understanding of history. And it wasn't until probably the last six years or so where I learned, wait, that's not how God meant for my mind to function. He meant for it to serve my spirit, Live by the Spirit and you won't fulfill the deeds of the flesh. If you try to have the fruit of the Spirit operate because you just agree with it in your mind, you're like, well, this is just what I'm going to do. I'm going to be patient with my wife. Or I'm going to have love for my neighbor. It won't work. You can forget about it. Just hang it up. It might work for just a little while. But it won't bear that fruit that you're looking for in your life. Okay, praise God. Let's stand up. Glory. I could ramble for another 30 minutes, but I'm not sensing the Spirit on that. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth did the Smith, uh, uh, Lester Summerall. He came up, Lester was just preaching his heart out. And, you know, back in them days, they sat on the stage. And he comes up to him in the middle of him preaching. said, son, the Holy, if you want to quit now, the Holy Ghost quit about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> And Lester's response is what really got me. Yes, sir. And he sat down. You know, I would, I would be so offended. I would just want to slap Byron or something, you know, if he did that. So, thank you, Lord. Mm. God, we're so rich. I mean, spiritually, we are so wealthy. I just look around this room, and I'm just overwhelmed by how much you've given us. Lord, what I ask you for, Holy Spirit, and you can only do this, I ask you to come and make us effective. God, but you, 
Paul said that I watered and Apollos, I planted and Apollos watered, but only God can bring the growth. Lord, we're asking you to do with these gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit only what you can do. We're asking you to bring growth. Lord, I pray that everyone in this room who has been given just a seed of the gift of prophecy, God, I pray that thing would explode in their life. Just a seed of a gift of healing. That thing would explode. Just a seed of the gift of giving and the gift of faith and all of those gifts. Let it explode in their life. At the same time, God, we're asking you for that seed of love to explode in our hearts. God, let us just love people so much that we can't stand ourselves. Let us just love some people so much that when we dare even to look at them, we can't help but weep even on the inside. God, let us love till it hurts. Oh, Lord, be careful what you ask for. But God, I believe we're all in agreement here, God. Let the joy of the Lord go to a level that none of us have even imagined. Joy, unspeakable joy. Don't put God in a box, Lord. Come on. Peace that surpasses all comprehension with your mind. You can't imagine this peace. Self-control and patience and kindness. Meekness. Lord, we want all the fruit and we want all the gifts. 100% of both. There's no 50-50 in the kingdom. We're going for all of it this morning, Lord. So we thank you for what you've done in this, sir, this meeting, this one meeting here today. God, just immeasurable what you've done. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. You are an awesome king. I pray you give us a hunger for your word. Lord, you gave us an impartation to pray on Wednesday night. God, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, so if you want to... If you want, Okay, just corporately. All right, so if you want to get filled, just raise your hand, put your hands out, whatever you want to do with your hands. There's no magic formulas, you know. Woo! Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Woo! Oh, Jesus! Thank you for your spirit. There it is. Woo! Receive the baptism. If you want to speak in tongues, go ahead. Just say, thank you, Jesus, if you don't have that gift. If you want to prophesy, look yourself in the mirror today and prophesy. If you want to heal, find a sick person and pray for them. Be baptized in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be baptized. I think it's just as simple as that. What do you want? A loving Father is just giving it to you right now. You want words of wisdom? Words of knowledge? Receive them right now. What language do you want? You want to ask God for a language right now? Just give it to Him, Lord. Give them to Him, Holy Spirit. German. Yeah, give it to him, Lord. Spanish, give it to him, Lord. Romanian, give it to him, Lord. Woo! Can you imagine our kids, our grandkids are going to be like, Grandpa was low-level anointing. He only had a spiritual language. I speak eight. You know, like, 
He can only do ba 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 ba. I can speak eight languages in the by the Spirit. I'm just saying, like dream big, right? If if we say that our ceiling is going to be their floor, that's practically what that looks like, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Just more Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are such a good helper, comforter, anointer. Amen. Did you receive it? Who got baptized this morning? All right, I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. All right. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you for, woo. Lord, we thank, I think of that scripture. It says the day spring from on high has visited his people. And, Lord, that's really the way we feel today, Lord, that you are the day spring from on high, and you have visited your people, Lord. And we thank you. Let's just give the Lord a clap offering and thank you. Say more, 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 and more, and more. More and 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 more. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. And Lord, we know one of the manifestations of being filled is being bold. So, Lord, release that boldness as we go out to the world around us, Lord God. Lord, we pray for divine appointments this week, Lord, to use this fresh filling of the Spirit, Lord, to go out in boldness, Lord God. So we just say be released in boldness with divine appointments all around you this week. Divine appointments, divine appointments, divine appointments. To speak the word of God boldly, boldly, boldly. Thank you, Lord. And everybody say. Hey, by the way, if you've never known Jesus as your Savior, as your friend, come up here right now as we're dismissing and let me introduce you. Not only is the Holy Spirit an empower, but He is the greatest friend I've ever had. I mean, just to hang, he's a person. I mean, just to hang out with the Holy Spirit, you know, is just the most wonderful thing. He has a treasure in store for you. So don't let this day get by. Come up here right now and not only get baptized, but get saved, delivered, and baptized all in the same moment. Amen. All right. You can be dismissed.